0: Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com.
1: I just want to look in the camera and say, Welcome online, welcome campuses, and I especially want to welcome all the first time guests here. I know how it is. You go to a church and like, oh, it's not the lead pastor, but this is no mistake. God and His sovereign plan wants you here today. And let me tell you, what happened first service? It was getting wild in here. Okay, you are at the right place, and I'm so excited that you're here. Uh, yeah, my name is Doug Lay. I've been around here. My wife and I. She serves on the team, and and. That's enough about us, okay? If you can find me, you can learn more about us. I have a website. I have a YouTube channel. But, but I, we, my wife and I do the Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. We have a podcast on all platforms. You don't have to listen to it, but listen to the last 20 seconds of any of our podcasts, and you'll get a flavor of who we are. And you've listened to it. You're already laughing because uh, that's my shameless plug. But let's just get into it <laughs> because this is an intense message, okay? I'm bringing a message that God has, has given to me. I love Pastor Aaron in this church. You, uh, you allow me. I go out into the desert. I'm a prophetic elder. I go out into the desert, and then Pastor Aaron lets me come back once in a while, get in the pulpit, and then you're, Sir, you to send me back out. You know, that's you're, I'm safe out there, but but I come in because God has a word for the church that He wants me to give it, and I have a unique perspective because I see the global church. Okay, I'm in, you know, except for when there's a pandemic going on. Uh, usually two weeks out of a month, I'm in another country overseas, and so. I have a unique message that God wants me to give to you today. Would you join with me in prayer, please? Lord God, what we know not, teach us. What we have not, give us. What we are not, make us. For your honor and your glory and your reputation in our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Okay, you ready? most sundays we prepare you for the going out and doing warfare in the week to be able to stand against the attack of the devil during the week no we're going to war today we are setting captives free today because there is a great attack of the enemy today that is bringing many people down and we see it all around us in the world but we're also seeing it creep in and happen to a lot of people in the church and i've had this message uh for for months that i've wanted to bring to radiant but it really came to culmination recently And and then it really, really spoke into my heart on July 29th, because I was looking at the Tampa Bay Times. If you read it, you saw a headline that said, as COVID rises, so do teen suicide attempts. And I got this Holy Spirit anger in my heart. I'm tired of the enemy taking our young people down. I'm tired of people coming to me depressed and broken because Satan is winning in their lives. And I'm saying, church, we shouldn't live like that. We have the hope of the world in Jesus Christ. We have the answer. But there is a great attack today, and it's called depression. So you who have physical notes, you receive notes coming in, hold them very loosely, okay? Because I wrote those on Wednesday, and the Holy Spirit showed up on Friday. And so if you download the notes, you're going to get the right version. But the other ones, good luck following along. But just let the Holy Spirit lead you, Okay. But depression, we see it all around us. People are falling prey to this attack by Satan to get us down, to keep us depressed, to make us lose, not get out of bed, to not go to work, to not do what we're called to do and to the point where we're even willing and thinking about taking our life. And we have to fight back and we're going to fight back, not tomorrow, today. And we're not going to fight back after the service, we're going to fight back during the service. I had a dream in Mozambique. I, I always make the joke. I'm the least Pentecostal guy on staff, and I'm the one who has the dream, right? And I have a dream in Mozambique a month ago that in first service, people are getting racked, falling out, and all I'm thinking on stage is, we got to get to the next service. I got to quit this, you know? And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you're more worried about structure than you are about my spirit. No, don't worry. I'm going to let you out on time. <laughs> okay, I said, oh, no, three hours service. Huh? No. no, the Lord told me, I need to cut my service down my sermon down and leave room for the Holy Spirit to work. And he was working first service. And, and, and he's going to work this service too because he wants to set captives free because that's why Jesus came and that's why he sent his Holy Spirit. Okay, so, and, and I want to tell you, the uh, reason I might get passionate first service, I went like over, They're, they came down and said, we're not putting that one online. I'm like, yeah, thank you. you know, I lost my mind for a moment. But I'm passionate about this because I know about depression. I've suffered with, not struggle, I struggled with it, and I'll talk about that my whole life. My dad left, and when, as soon as my dad left, and I, was, I would say this now, I love my mother, but at that time I was stuck with my mom, and I had this sadness and depression. I didn't know how to, what to do with it. So I did what many people do when they start going into depression. I went to drugs and alcohol and sex and just tried to find something to mask the pain I was in. But then I became a Christian, hallelujah, and things got better, trust me, but I still didn't know how to do spiritual warfare, and I still struggled with depression. And even early in our marriage, I used to have a little signal to my wife. Now, for some of my more mature Christians (laughs) watching or (laughs) listening here, uh, you remember the old TV show MASH? Yeah, Yeah, you remember that. And there was a famous thing song. Young people like, Google it, right? But there's this famous thing song. We all could hum it. We all could whistle it. There was no words to it, but we just knew the tune. That's why I'm not on the worship team, right? Thank you, Pastor David, for using your gifts, and I'll use mine, right? But most people don't know the words of that song. Suicide is painless, and it brings on many changes, and I can take or leave it if I choose. And I used to whistle that to my wife saying, I'm going into a dark place. Keep an eye on me because I didn't know what to do with this depression. I was a Christian. I was praying. I was reading my Bible. I didn't know what to do, how to ward off these attacks by Satan. So this is why I'm so passionate about this. And so... uh, I've learned a lot, and I know how to live in victory, and I've been helping people live in victory, and I want to bring it to the church, because I don't know if you know, but there's a pandemic of depression out there, and we have the answer in Jesus Christ. So you want to be trained up for some warfare? Maybe you're not struggling with it, but somebody you probably know is, and God wants to use you to help set captives free. So let's go. Now, we're not ignorant of Satan's schemes. That's what the Bible says, and there are two clear weapons he is using today to get people depressed. The first one is the open enemy. You warfare people from McDill Air Force Base, you understand, you know, when you have a clear enemy, you should shoot them, right? And that's it. And there's a clear enemy that we all recognize. It's called the spirit of negativity. There is such a spirit of negativity in our world today. And everything's bad, and it's the Republicans' fault, it's the Democrats' fault, it's my mother-in-law's fault. It's, you know, you know everybody's but Why is always a mother-in-law who gets blamed? <laughs> so much negativity. Just turn on the news. Just turn on talk radio. Just read an internet or a blog or something, and things are so bad. They're not that bad, people, okay? Yes, there are things in your life that are bad, and we'll talk about how Satan uses some things to to get us down that are outside of our control, but what are we responding? Are we negative people, Twice from this pulpit, over the years, Pastor Aaron's brought me in and I've spoken on words of life, how we should be the church that's speaking words of life to a negative world yeah. because we need to bring life, not death. Proverbs 18:21 is very clear. Death and life are on the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. You eat negativity, you're going to be depressed. And so we need to acknowledge that weapon and we need to cast it aside because negativity will take you down. Yeah. And don't buy into it. I love this. Uh, it's an inference from Sun Tzu in The Art of War. Uh, you never fight on a battlefield prepared by the enemy. The world's negative. I'm not going to fight on that battlefield. I'm not going to go negative with you. I'm going to speak words of life. I'm going to bring life to the situation. I'm not perfect, I'm not. But, but that's one of the keys that Satan will try to use to keep me down, and I have the weapon, and I'll teach you about the weapons, how we can just shoot that down and be people who bring life. A situation. So that's the first weapon. Now, that's the clear one, but it's the, it's the enemy that sneaks in next door and acts like your friend, but they're poisoning your water. That's the enemy that's really dangerous. And this is the second one. It's called the spirit of narcissism. The spirit of narcissism that's invaded our society, and it's evading our tr- it's getting into the church because it's all about me. How does the church make me happy? How does Jesus make my life everything it's supposed to be? I want to make it about me. And, and, and the whole world, ad, you know, advertisements, everything, all the things about make it about you. A year ago, I preached from this pulpit on a Wednesday that I'm still hearing feedback where I preached a sermon. I was really ready to die after. I, Lord, take me home. I'm ready to go. Because I don't think I could preach a better sermon than it because I talked about how it's all about God's glory. Some of you still remember that, Right? It's all about God's glory, because there's nothing greater than God. That's why God makes it about himself, because if God made it about something beyond himself, then there's something greater than him, but there's nothing greater than him. So he says, give me glory, and if you give me glory, then I'll bless you. So quit living for yourself. Don't get caught up in the spirit of narcissism. And if you don't think the spirit of narcissism is real, and actually, let me do a disclaimer. I think this is important because of my role, Pastor, and said I help pastor the pastors and stuff, we recognize how the spirit of narcissism is trying to get in the church. Believe me, we know the worship songs that are out there that are all about me and God come to me and make me happy and give me my best life now, blah, blah, blah. We recognize that, and we're fighting against it. That's why we're singing songs. That's why I love Pastor David and the worship team. We're singing songs song about God's glory, all to your glory, all to your glory. So, so we recognize the battle. But do you recognize the battle? And if you don't, let me give you some ways to see it. It's called Facebook. Instagram. TikTok. <laughs> now no, but okay, young people, before you blow me off, oh the old man doesn't like TikTok. He's just, a, he's just an old geezer. Yeah, okay. I actually like those things. I'll go trolling sometimes on those, right? because I like it when they give you information and they make it about somebody by themselves. Hey, somebody had a baby, hey, I had a baby, hey, here's an event going on, there's a new song out. I love Instagram and those things for that. But that's not what a lot of it is, what is it? Oh, it's the fake life. You know, look at this great dinner I made, why don't you show the one you burned and had to throw away, you know? You know, look at the new dress, why don't you show the dress that didn't fit and everyone looked at it like, ugh, that's a little off you know we don't we put this fake thing on instagram like eh, and because it's all about me what's your obsession with your toes i don't get the toes at the beach in the pool i don't get it why don't you show the toes that have the cracked nails polish on there you know we don't do those things because we want to make it about me and if you don't believe the power of narcissism let me ask you this when you go trolling on TikTok, how do you feel afterwards do you feel like worshiping do you feel like your life's better? Do you feel like giving praise to God? Or do you feel a little, oh, I wish I could do that. I wish I had that vacation. Or do you get jealous or judgmental? You know, why are they doing that? See, when we make it about ourselves, it spread out, and it starts to bring depression into our lives. So use your Instagram to promote Jesus. Use your TikTok to make videos about his glory. That's what we should be doing. We're going to break the spirit of narcissism this morning because we are people of God, and we're going to make it about him. And when we make it about him, then he'll bless us. Woo, this is getting hot, and I'm just getting started. So, let me make a note here now. I'm not saying that packs of depression aren't going to happen to you, okay? I don't want to be this happy, clappy, girl, just accept Jesus, and you'll never be attacked by depression. No, you're going to be attacked by depression. Because it's been around since the fall. And all Christians struggle with it. I mean, read the Psalms. David, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? My enemies are surrounded. I'm dying. Oh, I dissolve my bed in my tears. David, I think you're depressed. Get out of it. And he does because he's learned what I'm going to teach you. But don't feel bad if you're attacked by depression. Sometimes your depression has nothing to do with anything wrong in your life. Your spouse is sick or you've lost a loved one. You have a child who's wayward. There should be some attacks of depression. You should feel a little sad. It's just what you do with those things. Come on. Now, let me give another disclaimer. Maybe God is allowing you to be depressed because there's sin in your life. Wow. See, that's why the world's out there depressed, and they should be. They're doing it not God's way. They're spending money the way the world tells them to spend money, and they're all in debt. And if you're in debt, you're probably depressed. Now, just repent of it and start doing money God's way. And even this week, I heard a testimony of how God miraculously blessed somebody financially to help them get them out of debt because they now have a plan to do it God's way, not the world's way. You're doing marriage the world's way, and there's sin in it now because you're not treating your wife like Christ treats the church, and that's making your marriage depressed. Then repent and start doing it God's way. So maybe it's not your fault, but maybe it is. And God's using depression to wake you up and say, it's time to repent.
2: Ooh.
1: <laughs> okay, let's move on to that. Let's not get too, like, you know, Doug, mind your own business stuff. But I want to give you a great reminder. Here's what's going to get a little wild here. The Holy Spirit and the Word of God is, are sufficient. We are on this battlefield called the world. And I've been doing this experiment. I've been meeting with people, and I've been asking people, you know, So how do we get over depression? What's the best ways to get over depression? And across the board, the world's very clear, but I'm starting to hear so many people in the church say, well, you take medicine and you go to counseling. That's how you defeat depression. No, that will not help you defeat depression. Now, ooh, I can already, man, this is controversial, okay? Now, let me stop. I'm not trying to be some wacko fundamentalist, you know, like, you got a migraine? Don't take aspirin, just pray it away. No, take the aspirin, okay? (laughs) Now, disclaimer, if you're on medicine for depression, keep taking the medicine. If you're going to counseling, keep going to counseling. Now, I'm bold enough to say, when I say counseling, I'm talking about counseling that's showing you the word of God and talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking the psychobabble that's out there in the world that's trying to, you know, that'll just mess you up even more and put you in more depressed. But if you get biblical counseling, that's really called discipleship, then that's okay. And those things are okay because what they're like, they're like supplements, okay? Supplements will keep you from going too far down. I just heard a story about a non-Christian woman but she was going to go towards suicide and she caught up her counselor and her counselor talked her out of suicide. Great, that's good. That's how counseling should keep you from going down. But the counseling's not gonna give the, the ultimate victory. Yeah. Medicine will keep you from maybe going into despair, leaving your job, leaving your spouse randomly and stuff. It'll help you, but it's never gonna give you the ultimate victory. It's a supplement. So again, don't write me a letter. I got off my medicine, then I was depressed all week. It's all your fault. You know, Don't send me that letter. I'm not saying that. But it's not sufficient enough. And why am I so passionate about this? Two reasons. Because if you believe that, what you're saying is the church wasn't equipped to defeat depression for 2,000 years. Only we have the answers. And let me tell you, how much better is it getting now? Oh, oh, uh, throat punch, you know? (laughs) And here's the other reason. What am I supposed to say to people when I'm in the jungles of a country or I'm up in the highlands in a village? Well, until Big Pharma gets here with the medicine, I guess you're just going to have to suffer with depression because we don't have enough tools to set you free. Now, again, there's supplements and they can help, but what you ultimately need is the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what sets you free. It's just like lifting weights. I mean, you take supplements and it's gonna help you, but you're not gonna get muscle until you actually lift the weights, right? But the supplements can help you. You know, you can take the supplements all you want, but until you change your eating habit, you're still gonna have a gut. (laughs) So you can go to counseling, but if you don't put the Word of God and the Holy Spirit in there, counseling can only do so much. You take medicine, it's going to help you, but until you put the Holy Spirit and the Bible into your life, it can only do so much. So you need to get that, and you need to decide if you believe that or not, because the world just laughs at that. world thinks I'm a crazy, fundamentalist Bible guy, you know, Holy Spirit stuff, like that's going to set me free. No. So, okay, you decide what you believe. You do you, okay? Okay? you do you. But as for me and my house, we're going to believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and the word of God. Okay. Woo, wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm just getting wound up, man. You ain't heard nothing yet. Okay. Cause now we're getting into the good part. What's our response? What are we going to do about this? We have an answer and I call it the hope approach. Okay. The hope approach, because we don't have enough talk about hope in the church. That's what I realized. We talk a lot about love and we talk a lot about faith, but do we talk enough about hope? Now, let me stop. I'm going to have a little fun right here for a minute. We're going to go over time and I'm going to get everyone frustrated, but that's okay because I got to do this. I think we've given the people a disservice in the church when we talk about faith, right? Let's just have faith, go have faith, take that step of faith, right? Like it's so fun, you know, just have faith. Think about that. Who's the father of faith in the Bible? Abraham, right? What do you think Abraham's thinking when he's holding that knife over his son? And he's got to take a faith to believe that God has called him to do this and sacrifice his son. Do you think he's thinking, oh, this is awesome. Hope I get to do this with the whole family. <laughs> no, I say it this way. He put the knife down and he's dry. He, you know that sick feeling you get in your stomach when you're nervous? That's faith. You know, okay, i got to do this. That's faith. And I had it this morning. I had it after sort first meeting. Like, I'm trying to take a step of faith here to let the Holy Spirit manufacture His work instead of me manufacturing my work, okay? So when this gets a little different, that's okay because I'm taking a step of faith just like I'm calling you to. So here we go. Hope. You need hope in your life. And what is the focus of hope? It's the gospel. We need to go back to the gospel. We have lost the essence of what the scriptures are all about and they all point to Jesus and Jesus all points to the gospel. Now, here's the problem. We all know this term, gospel. Many of us know Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Hallelujah, you get saved by the gospel. I said the sinner's prayer, I believe in the gospel and I'm saved, but now I just go live my life. And then I fall under depression. And we have so many people who are born again, but yet they don't know how to win the attacks, against the attacks of the enemy on depression. Because they know the gospel, but they're not living the gospel. And this morning, I want to say, this is what sets you free. Because in 1980, okay, I was saved and everything. And I thought, I'm saved. I won't have to battle depression anymore. But then two years later... The man who led me to the Lord, the man who led my girlfriend to the Lord, and the man who showed me from scriptures that I was to marry that girl, and I'm glad I listened to his advice when everyone said no, but he said, this is the word of God, and you need to obey the word of God. And I married my wife at 19 years old, and God has blessed us, and this man was the reason because he showed me the word of God, and he prayed for us. He was murdered right before our wedding. I'm a Christian. I just zapped the devil down with the power of the Holy Spirit. Woo! No way. I went into a dark place, and I started going back to, I didn't know how to handle this depression. Because, see, I knew the gospel, but I wasn't living the gospel. And it wasn't until 1986 where I learned how to do this battle. This is why this is so passionate to me, because I know some of you are going through things that Satan is using now to put you down. And I want to say, don't just believe the gospel in the past, but believe it now. Now, the question is, what is the gospel? Now, you've been in my class, has been around me. You know this is what I'm all about. I go around the world, and I always share the gospel. Every talk I give, I'm, almost everyone, I share the gospel. Because I do tests. I love to do surveys. I don't have time to do it here, but every class I've ever taught at Radiant, almost every class, not exaggerating, I give a piece of paper, and I said, let's write down, what is the gospel? I just asked the question, what is the gospel? What's the message we preach for salvation? You know what's funny? I'll get the papers back, and I'll start reading the answers. And if I, get 10, if I ask 10 people, I get 11 different answers. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? We can't agree what the gospel is. Well, the good thing is the Bible is very clear what the gospel is, and it's found in 1 Corinthians 15. And if you want to look at on your notes, open up your Bible, it's very clear. Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, and that's us, unless you're a Messianic Jew, praise God, and I'll explain that in a second. But Paul came, and he says there in 1 Corinthians 15, now I make known to you, brothers and sisters, the gospel that I preached to you. Here's the gospel we preached, which you also received, in which you also stand, by which you were saved. Here's the gospel that saves, and in which you also, uh, what does it say? I forget that last part. Oh, yeah. If you hold firmly to what I... I should get it right, right? (laughs) To what I preach, unless you believed in vain. So here's the gospel that saves you. And then he goes on to say, what i delivered to you as a first important, what I've also received. Where did Paul receive the gospel from? He tells us clearly in Galatians 1.12, he received it as a revelation from Jesus Christ. Then he took this gospel and he went to the apostle of the Jews in Galatians 1 and 2, and this is important to know. And he presented it to the apostles of the Jews, Peter, James, and John, and he said this is the gospel and they said this is the gospel we preach and they gave him and barnabas the right hand of fellowship because there's only one gospel that saves and this is it Amen. that christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and he was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures and he appeared to cephas and to the 12. now if when you look at that burial showed that he died his appearances showed that he was resurrected according to the scripture shows that's the focus of scripture and the gospel is simply this Christ died for our sins and was raised on the 3rd day. And when you believe that with your heart and you confess it and believe it, you are born again. And I'll talk about that more in a second. But that is the gospel message. Not just for salvation, but it's also important to give us hope, because it's the hope of the gospel that we need in this day and age. Because listen to me, it's not in your notes, but listen to me, hope is the antidote for depression. I don't do that, you know, like Twitter moment. You know, Pastor Aaron is the master, you know, he always instagram stuff you got all those quotes people put my quotes and they're all awkward and things like that but that one i think would work (laughs) hope is the antidote for depression and you need to think about that how how does the gospel give us hope well let me just there's three parts to the gospel the first part is christ is the hope for the present i mean hope for the i'm sorry hope from the past getting ahead of myself here okay hope from the past See, it doesn't say Jesus died for our sins. It says Christ died for our sins. See, that's his title. It means Messiah or Christ, the anointed one. And that's so important. Who is Jesus? In fact, Jesus asks his disciples, who are people saying that I am in Matthew 16? Some say John the Baptist. Some say a prophet. Some say Elijah. Then he locks into them. Who do you say that I am? It's the most important question I can ask each of you today, every campus, online. Who do you say Jesus is? Peter answers, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And that's what you need to decide. Is Jesus just a good moral teacher that, you know, you should kind of listen to? Or is he the Messiah that you should give your life to and follow? The Son of the living God. And why is that hope for the past? Because what Jesus is telling us there is that there's something greater and beyond us. See, he's the Son of God, which means there's a God. And he tells us there's a Father in heaven. He was praying to his Father in heaven. He was telling us, you know go to your father pray to your father in heaven we're going to go to our father in heaven there's something beyond us because that battlefield we're fighting on is called secular humanism here the world doesn't believe there's anything else out there so that's why they have to be narcissists because they have to have their best life now because it's all about now we're not about now because there's something beyond us there's something greater than us It's like what John Piper said, the person who stands in front of the mirror and tries to find significance is going to be pretty depressed. I'm paraphrasing it, you know, because if you think you're the end all, you're not and I'm not, but he is. There's something greater than us. Do you believe that? Because that should give you hope. Because the reason kids want to kill themselves, because parents have not given them that view. Now I want to be careful, but parents and our society and we haven't given them that there's a hope of something greater. So they just look and well, my parents got the American dream and they're an alcoholic, So why should I be happy? What am I supposed to live for? And they go do all bizarre things. And it's nothing new. Each society has the same thing, but we're seeing it manifested more now because of technology. But the second thing is not only hope from the past, we have hope in the present. Because the second part of the gospel is he died for our sins. Oh, right there. I mean, come on. Not anybody's going to say amen that you're freed from your sins. Because that's the hope. I'm not who I was. That's why I don't have to be depressed. I used to be, a, you know, drinking and getting into alcohol and drugs and do all sorts of bad. I used to be that guy. I'm not that guy anymore because Christ took all my messed upness. He took all your messed upness and he put it on the cross. You can have a new life now. Woo, if that doesn't give you hope, you're dead. I can't do anything more. But I'm not going to go under the attacks of depression anymore because I know who I am in Jesus Christ. And you can have that new life now because the gospel wasn't just for my salvation then. It's for my hope right now. I don't have to go under depression anymore because of who I am. Whew. And not only that, the third part. He was raised on the third day. He's alive. There's hope for the future. There's hope for the future. Why don't I do the things my friends are doing? Because I have a future. They don't. Why do I do the things of the world? Because they're going to die and I'm going to die, but I'm not going to die because the Bible says I just fall asleep because I'm going to be resurrected and I'm going to go with him in paradise. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you better have your best life now because it won't be in the afterlife. Sorry, I got to call it out and tell you, hell is real. That's why Radiant does what he does because we want to rescue as many people as we can and tell them they can't have a better future. And so how bad things get, it's okay because there's a future. I love this story by Marshall Shelley. Marshall Shelley was a editor for a Leadership Magazine. I read this first in 1995, and I've kept it in my file ever since to remind me of this. Mar- he had a, son, a child named Toby who lived only two minutes. And the story goes, Toby was born with a rare genetic disorder that took his life just minutes after his birth. The Shelleys were devastated, and they cried out to God for answers. None seemed to come. Then, as if life hadn't dealt the Shelleys enough tragedy, just two months later, they lost their little girl, Mandy. She was only two years old. In the wake of those two excruciating losses, the Shelleys wrestled with God. Why, God? Why did you do that? What was that all about? Like any good parent who loses a child, they grappled to understand, how could a good God allow such pain and sorrow? It doesn't seem to make sense. Why did God create a child to live for two minutes, Marshall asked in the deep moment of deepest despair. He later answered that question, both for himself and for us. Why did God create a child to live for only two minutes? He didn't. And he didn't create Mandy to live for two years. And he didn't create me to live for 40 years or whatever number he may choose to extend my days on this world. God created Toby for eternity. He created each of us for eternity, where we may be surprised to find our true calling, which always seemed just out of reach here on earth. Did you hear that last part? Satan's going to try and attack you because you aren't reaching your dreams. You watch the videos online that you can have your best life now, and on, but it's not working out. And so you go into depression. I'm saying, it hasn't worked out yet. And maybe you won't even on this earth, but do you believe eternity is a lot longer than your 80 years on earth? I do. And I take great comfort in remembering somebody who said, let not your heart be troubled. No, don't be depressed. Believe in God and believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and I go and prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I would have told you. But if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again that where I am, there you may be also. Oh, yeah. Rock and roll with Jesus right there, man. I got hope. I'm not going to get too depressed because this isn't it. I have a future, and you have a future, and I want to share that. But there's one thing that may be missing, and this is like the key ingredient, okay? Because I gave you the word of God, but what else do we need? And this is the last thing. We need hope from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. See, you can't manufacture this. You can't will this. You can't like, okay, I'm going to be happy now. Okay, I'm going to No, 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 no. You need the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're born again, if you've accepted that gospel, that Christ died for your sins and was raised on the third day, you have the Holy Spirit. So we sometimes sing these songs like, Holy Spirit, fall on me, Holy Spirit, blow, you know, like wind. Yeah, that's a great metaphor, but that's not for believers, because believers already have the Holy Spirit in that salvation. The problem is you've quenched it. You've suppressed the Holy Spirit down so much through your lifestyle that he can't bubble up with the hope that he wants to give you. So why are you battling depression? Have you forgot about the hope from the past, that there's a God in heaven who sees you and loves you? Have you forgot the hope in the present that your sins can be completely forgiven, you can have a new life, and if you're a believer, they have been forgiven? Have you forgot about your hope for the future? He's preparing a place for you. Maybe you forgot that because you've bought into the world. You've bought into the negativity You've bought into the narcissism and you've quenched the Holy Spirit the Bible talks about. You've grieved the Holy Spirit that the Bible talks about and there's no longer any hope left in you. For some of you, you're not depressed but you're not setting other captives free. When's the last time you told somebody about the hope in Jesus Christ? The world needs it, people. The world is literally, they're killing themselves from depression. They're doing idiotic, stupid things because of demonic oppression and we have an answer we have an hope why is this so powerful because I failed when my stepfather died how to handle the depression that was attacking me again attacking me and I succumbed to it but I know how it is now so five years ago when I'm standing in Riverview my wife and I watching our son and our daughter-in-law bury our two day old grandchild Satan wanted to depress us. His twin was in the NICO unit for six months fighting for his life. And the, t- the fights, the attacks of depression were coming. Why, God, why? But what rocked Radiance World, a lot of people at Radiance World, is when they watched after the, we left the funeral, we went back to our son's house. And my son, who understands the power of the Holy Spirit and the word of God, he led, my son led us. It was so awesome to see Pastor David was there. We worshiped. We worship, why? Because we have hope we'll see that little boy again. We have hope in the resurrection. We are not gonna fall into depression. Two months ago, our 18th grandchild was born. Little Sage is a special needs child, has a genetic defect that maybe God will cure, but maybe not this side of eternity. But I have the hope one day I'll see that girl whole, the way that she's supposed to be. And you know, this is, she's gonna be used by God now, but, but this isn't the end. And we're not going to go under the attack of Satan. And two weeks later, I was preaching at a church in Texas where my youngest son is a worship leader. And they sang this song and it rocked my world. And I said, hope. Yes, Jesus, you keep hope alive. Yes, Jesus, your promises are true because you're alive. And I said, I got to bring this back to Radiant. And so I want to create a moment where the Holy Spirit can just start working in your heart. I want to create a moment where we sing this song and let the Holy Spirit start to birth the hope that he has bought for you by his death and, I mean, Jesus' death and resurrection, the Holy Spirit wants to put it in you so you can be set free from the attacks of Satan, so that you can be an agent to set other people free. So I want to worship, and let me just end like this because we're gonna go to each campus, and campuses, you're not gonna watch us worship here at South Tampa, you're gonna worship with reckless abandon at your campus, and we're gonna watch the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does. But let me call you out right now, okay? Let me call you out, especially the men. I, I didn't do this first, I'm gonna call out the men. I'm a man, I'm men. man. You know, we're Champa Bay, right? We're Champa Bay. And you know, when we won the Super Bowl, that stadium, Buck Stadium, was rocking, and men were raising their hands, and they were cheering their God. You know, when we won the Stanley Cup, Amelie Arena was losing its mind, and men were screaming and shouting and raising their hands. When the Rays won the pennant, the 10 people who were actually there were raising their hands and cheering. (laughs) But I watched these same men coming to the Church of Jesus Christ, and they won't Scream and shout and worship with joy the hope that is in us. So David, team, let the Holy Spirit lead. And let's worship God. Campuses, take it away and worship God and give the hope that can be Jesus.
2: Come on, let's stand today and sing this out together. may be darkest but your light is greater you light our way God you light our way when evil is rising you're rising higher with power to save with power to save come on with one voice we sing cause you keep hope alive you keep hope alive to end. Your word never fails. You keep hope alive because you are alive. Jesus, you are alive. Come on, we declare today. We say Death had a stronghold, but your life is stronger.
0: Come on, church. Those of you watching online here at South Tampa, we don't want to rush through moments like that. How many of you are grateful that we have a God who helps us overcome the things that are trying to overcome us? How many of you are grateful that we have hope and hope has a name and his name is Jesus and he's available and he's in the room and he's working and he's stirring? Hebrews 11.1 teaches us what's become a very famous verse in the church. It says that faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of the things that we do not see. And I came to tell somebody today that you can have confidence and assurance, which means you can have certainty that we serve a God who will do exactly what he said he will do, that will redeem, that will restore, that will renew, that will take care of all of it but it takes an act on your end. So you heard Dr. Doug share that powerful word and you've tried everything. You've tried everything the world offers and there's still a void. There's still an emptiness. You're going, why can't I find that hope you're talking about? Because it requires me to place my faith in the person of Jesus Christ. That's what it's gonna require today. We don't use this word enough, but it's this word repentance. Which literally means, I was going this way, I stopped and made a 180 degree U-turn and I'm going the other way. Then I'm not going to live like that anymore. I'm not living for that anymore. I'm giving everything to Jesus and I'm living for Him. Today somebody needs to make the U-turn and go the other way. The Bible says, for John, that if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that exactly what the Gospel is, that Jesus died on the cross and was buried and rose from the grave you can be saved so if you're watching online you're in the room right now we want to give you an opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus to experience the gospel in your life every eye closed every head bow this is your moment with God this isn't your moment with me your moment with radiant church this is your moment with the God of the universe who made you if you're in the building right now, if you're online and you're saying, I want to surrender my life to Christ, I want to ask you on the count of three simply to raise your hand longer enough for me to see it. If you're online, put it in the chat that that's you. Long enough for a seed, you can put it right back down. On the count of three, one, this is a great day to come to Jesus. Two, he's been waiting all along. Three, if that's you, throw your hand up real quick. Hands right here. Hands hands all across the room. I'm sure there are people online. Come on, thank you, Jesus, for transforming lives and doing what only you can do. Not what we can do, what you can do. And right now, if that's you, and you're ready to give your life to Christ, we're gonna have this moment. We're all gonna say a prayer together so you don't feel signaled out, but this is your moment. Come on, everybody, repeat to me. Say, Jesus, I love you thank you for loving me enough to die for my sins ask you to come into my life forgive my sins, I repent I surrender my life to you I'm all in with you Jesus God we thank you for those who made that prayer for the first time, maybe it was a rededication I pray that as we walk out of this room today we are no longer living the life we were living, we are now fully surrendered to you allowing the power of the gospel to daily transform our lives. Thank you that hope is alive and hope has a name and it's Jesus. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. And everybody said, come on, if you love Jesus, everybody said, come on, can we celebrate with all of those who made a decision for Christ today? Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.